We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So new Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin left a solid first impression after conducting his introductory press conference at the Castle Tuesday afternoon, Sarah. And so much so that Munkin may have actually swayed some of you out there who were calling for Eric Bieniemy to be the guy in Baltimore. So more on that and more on his offensive philosophy and overall style as a play caller just ahead. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It's Wednesday, February 22nd, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. Munkin was asked about Odell Beckham Jr. after working with him in 2019, and his answer was eye-opening but not in the way that you might think. Plus, now that the NFL's franchise tag window is officially open, we'll remind you of some key dates on Lamar Jackson's timeline and revisit salary cap analyst Brian McFarland's expertise. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, in his debut media appearance as Baltimore's newest offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin did not disappoint. No, he certainly did not. And before you go slapping rose-colored glasses on us in this episode, right, you guys listening out there, just know we acknowledge it's literally February as we sit here and tape this, and there is a ton left to be determined regarding the coaching staff under Munkin, personnel changes and additions, and more so than anything else, developing a scheme that will ultimately work for Baltimore's strengths and weaknesses offensively. Now, with that said, I thought Munkin came across as prepared, polished, confident, and insightful, specifically when explaining his offensive philosophy. Players dictate style of play. They do. Players around the quarterback dictate a style of play. There's no way around it. When I was at Tampa, we had really good receivers. We had Deshaun, we had Mike Evans, we had Chris Godwin, we had Adam Humphreys, and we had O.J. Howard, and we had Cam Brait, and we had quarterbacks that loved to throw it sometimes to the other team, but they liked to throw it. But the reality is we were much better throwing it. So that's what you, right, that's where you play to, the strengths of who you have, right? We had to be good throwing it. Uh, we weren't nearly as adept running it. And we, I, needed, I needed to do a better job probably scheming it. Okay, so then you get in somewhere where you start losing some of your perimeter players. It's still about winning. 
So it's hard to judge because you don't know the roster. Does that make sense? Like, why are they doing the things they're doing offensively? Because it's still about winning. You have to do the things that give you the best chance to win every week. Um, but I do think that being able to use, I think players want to play in a game that spaces the field. I think when you go into an install meeting, all of your skilled players want to say, where are my opportunities coming? Where am I going to get a chance to touch the football and showcase my ability? And I think the more you're able to do that and utilize that, because to me, balance isn't run pass. Balance is make them cover all five of your guys, make them defend the field, make them defend you know, the depth of the field. So I think it's all of those things, easier said than done sometimes based on personnel. But I think that's where players want to play. They see themselves in that. The game has gone that way. That's the way the college game has gone. That's what they're used to. They're not used to anymore being under center five-step drop. That doesn't exist. They're used to being in gun, RPOs, spreading the field, using space players. That's what they're used to. So I think that's the style they want to play. And so if you said, yeah, is that who we're going to be? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think that's got to be a part of what you do. Yeah, Bobby, to me, that answer that we just listened to was the soundbite that won so many fans over on Tuesday. That quote really resonated with at least people that were following me on Twitter, and it had them buzzing. Munkin found a way to explain this high-level view of offensive football in layman's terms. And he did so clearly and articulately. And it's no secret that under Greg Roman, Baltimore's passing attack lacked proper spacing, alignment, and overall rhythm. So it's refreshing to hear Munkin talk about his definition of balance and how it starts and ends with almost demanding your opponent to cover the entire field. And how about his six principles of winning when it comes to offensive football, Sarah? Like, Listen to him rip these things off, almost as if they're just written right on the back of his hand. Good football still is surrounded by, don't turn it over, be explosive, score touchdowns in the red zone, be good on third downs, don't have lost yards plays, and athletic quarterbacks that make off-schedule plays. The rest of it just falls into that. That's the analytical part. How do we get to that model? Don't turn it over, and how are we explosive? I don't care if it's with a fullback, without a fullback. Four wide, three wide. My cousins at Army wanted to run a triple option. That works. Okay. Now, you can only run what you know. You can't just make stuff up. I mean, it's fun to do that, but it usually doesn't work. But the reality is, is that it's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but still the, the principles of how you win are the same. Yeah, so that last one, quote, have an athletic QB who can make off-schedule plays. I mean, the Ravens have had exactly that and so much more under center the last five years, but being that Lamar Jackson's future remains uncertain in Baltimore, Munkin was asked if that fact influenced his decision to come to Baltimore. Well, okay, first of all, I count on Eric and John. They're best in the business. They're going to take care of anything that has to do with any player, not just Lamar. Sure, any player that's part of a roster where you're going into, you have an interest of what the roster is going to look like. But ultimately, I want to be someplace where structure, organization, great on defense from top to bottom. And everywhere I talked to and everybody I talked to, excuse me, said, you want to be you want to be a Baltimore Raven. You want to be a part of that organization moving forward. Yeah, listening to that, I just feel like Munkin has a genuineness and a sincerity about him that really came through, uh, not just in that part, but the entire press conference, which I think could bode well when it comes to his future communications with players. Uh, here he is when asked to describe Lamar's game. Elite. 
You know, he's got an elite skill set. I mean, it's obvious when you watch him on, on film. I mean, the things he can do with the football and the plays that he makes. And I think he's underrated as a passer. Maybe I think so in terms of his ability to make plays and throw it down the field. You've all seen it. I mean, I'm like you. I haven't. I'm no different than you. I watch what you guys watch, you know, and it's pretty amazing. Sarah, you mentioned it in our instant reaction episode on Tuesday afternoon, and I'll reiterate it now. <laughs> all we want, all we really crave is a chance to see what Lamar is capable of doing outside of a Greg Roman-led offense. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, I, I hope not, and I need to see what that looks like, too, specifically in Baltimore. And I need to see that with a legitimate wide receiver weapon around him. We need all this put together here in Baltimore. Well, here's hoping we get that chance, but I'll close with this. First off, go check out that Instant Reaction episode, number 187 in the archives for a meticulous, that's right, a meticulous breakdown of Munkin's entire presser with sound bites, with analysis, with reaction, all that good stuff. Secondly, based on social media reaction I've seen, Sarah, it seems to me Munkin pleasantly surprised a good portion of this fan base who, I don't know, maybe had been pulling for an Eric Bieniemy hire. And finally, I feel like Baltimore now has a play caller who is fully transparent and unapologetically himself. It's, it's just refreshing and hopefully just what the doctor ordered on a number of levels moving forward. Still to come here on The Vault, how Odell Beckham Jr.'s name came up during Munkin's debut press conference. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, Todd Munkin was asked about a player that, uh, well, you were pounding the tables, you were banging the drums, you were yelling at the top of your lungs all of last season, especially down the stretch, and that was one OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, and Munkin had a glowing report on OBJ after they spent one year together in Cleveland. That was that 2019 season, and Odell finished it with more than 1,000 yards. So here's what Munkin had to say. Can I, I don't even know the rules. Can I speak on it? Oh, so that I can speak on it. You can't speak on a guy that's under contract, right? Okay. I really like Odell. Odell, super athletic, twitchy, really likes football. I mean, I really did. You know, it didn't work out the year I was there, but ultimately, he's like every skilled player. He's no different. I don't know why everybody gets pissed off. Like, he wants the ball. Well, really? 
Like, I don't know where I've been where a great player didn't want the ball. I didn't know where a basketball player didn't want shots or a baseball player didn't want to get bat bats. That's what they want. They want opportunities to showcase their ability. I think it's awesome. I think he's tremendously skilled, and, and I like his personality. He likes to compete. He has a tough deal, though, because he's a, he, in my opinion, and he may think differently, and he may, it's like, it's tough being a, um, a face. Does that make sense? Like NBA deals with all the time, but there's very few NFL players outside of quarterbacks that they really know their face, that they're a, they're a market. They're, and he's that way, and I think that makes it hard. You know, at times when you're under the microscope like he is, it really is hard. But I, I liked Odell a lot, liked his skill set, liked his work ethic. He fought through an injury. Tremendous. So, Bobby, I found that soundbite to be eye-opening, and I don't mean that it's eye-opening about OBJ. We already know he's supremely talented. We already know that he's been a polarizing figure because he's vocal about wanting the ball. And as Munkin said, he's one of the few faces people recognize in, in football. So nothing for me was learned there on OBJ. Instead, I thought that comment was eye-opening about Munkin himself. And that's because to me, it was one of several comments that manifests Munkin's ability to look at this game through players' eyes. He's not defensive like some coordinators, or he doesn't feel like this pressure like some coordinators about feeding skilled players the rock. Instead, he encourages it. He feeds into it. He loves that mentality. And Bobby, you played a clip in that first topic in which Munkin perfectly articulated the type of offense that players want to play in these days. He said he thinks about installing an offense in a way that all skill players, when they get it, they can see their opportunities to get the ball and score. He said he wants to get them in space to let them show off what they can do. So this OBJ comment to me was just another example of how he understands his players. And Bobby, maybe that's the secret to his success that we all hear about, that he can design offenses around players rather than having one system and trying to fit players into that one scheme and philosophy. Yeah, I think that's extremely well said on a number of levels. And, you know, Sarah, taking it a step further, we've talked recently in, in a couple of podcast episodes about Munkin potentially being able to turn around Baltimore's reputation for repelling veteran wide receivers. And, you know, given that you were stumping for OBJ last year, are you hoping that he could potentially recruit him to Baltimore or where are you at with the prospect of that? Yeah, I mean, if you listened to me all last year, and I know you that you know this too, that one of the reasons I was calling for OBJ last season was because I thought he would be affordable coming in late in the season and for a postseason run. So obviously that price tag will surely change now. It wouldn't be just a couple-week deal. He's going to be looking for a long-term deal. Now, especially now that he's healthy, his price will go up. And as much as Munkin could probably help in convincing him here, at the end of the day, the Ravens need cap space to sign somebody like OBJ. So no matter what Munkin could say, if there's no cap space, it's not going to happen. So the Ravens could get somebody like Odell if Lamar Jackson is either signed to a long-term deal or, you know, if he's traded, we don't want that, but that's one of the possibilities. So the Ravens won't be able to afford OBJ or anybody else if Lamar plays on the franchise tag. But if Baltimore does find a way to sign him, then I'm not just looking at the OBJ Munkin connection. I'm looking at the Mike Evans Munkin connection too. I'm also looking at DeAndre Hopkins. There's no major connection there, but I like Hopkins. There are plenty of options to consider early in this offseason. 
but it's almost not even worth seriously considering any of them until we know what's happening with Lamar. All right, Bobby, the NFL's annual franchise tag designation window officially opened on Tuesday. Right, and that two-week timeline window runs through March 7th, so mark your calendars accordingly, meaning the Ravens have from now until then to place the exclusive or non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. And if you need clarity on those two designations and the specifics of them, do what we did and turn to salary cap analyst Brian McFarland, who we dedicated an entire episode to, number 176 in the archives, for a full breakdown. Here's a snippet. In one of those decisions they have to make, whether they want to go with the, the exclusive tag, that 45 plus million, or whether they want to go with the non-exclusive, I think the non-exclusive is dangerous because if he is signed to an offer sheet, they would only get two first round picks. And uh, I think his value certainly is higher than that. So yeah, they've got uh, they've got opportunities to restructure guys. Ronnie Stanley and uh, Marlon Humphrey, they've done several times over already. That's where the big money, the big, uh, the big savings comes from. But you know, Stanley's uh, cap number in twenty four is already going to be twenty six million. Um, so you got to be careful there. But there's some other candidates, and then there are some guys they can cut or extend. Um, you know, some of the veteran guys. Um, obviously, one of those um, being Calais Campbell. Uh, you know, he may retire. If he retires at seven million dollars in savings, that's a nice chunk of change. If he, um, if they decide to cut him because they need that space, you know, they're not going to want to probably, but you know, they may have to make some hard decisions. That would be seven million, or he's a guy they could extend if he wants to. Says he wants to play. I kind of give him what I call the Marshall Yonda treatment. The last couple years of Yonda's uh, career here, he was playing under a series of two-year contracts. He'd get through the first year, he'd say, yeah, I'm going to play again next year. They'd tack on another year, and that would spread the money out a little for cap purposes. So, um, yeah, if, if they got to go with the 48, they're going to have to make some tough decisions for sure. All right, so obviously that episode was taped prior to Calais Campbell's announcement that he'll be returning for his 16th NFL season. So perhaps the front office does choose to award the big fellow with some Marshall Yonda treatment, but you get the point. And one more reminder on the prospect of the exclusive franchise tag being placed on Lamar, Sarah, because as we discussed with Brian, there's pros and cons for both sides, meaning Lamar and his camp and Baltimore's front office. Yeah, well, obviously, right off the bat, the Ravens lose cap flexibility, it's, you know, their ability to, you know, fix other parts of the, the roster. Um, and, you know, in a way, Lamar loses out with that, too, because if they can't get him a frontline wide receiver, you know, that that hurts him either now or in the future and hurts him for this year, perhaps. And then maybe that hurts his value down the road if he has a, you know, a middling season, so to speak, however you want to define that. So, I mean, certainly that um, and he doesn't get long and for Lamar, he doesn't get long term security. And, and I guess the same thing goes for the Ravens where, you know, if, if he plays under the tag this year. We're back here again talking about this same thing next year. Though next year, I think, you know, a lot of people have called this year the breaking point. I think next year is the breaking point because, you know, they can keep him on the tag. It, it hurts this year. But next year, the tag is is 20% more. So obviously, that's a bigger number. The cap is going seemingly going to go up substantially again next year. So they'll be a, probably be able to accommodate that if need be. But what it does is the third tag the following year 
is not possible. I mean, that would be something like 80 million. You know, next year, I think is, if it doesn't happen this year, next year is the push, you know, the push comes to shove because they, if they let, if they play him under the tag again next year, then they lose him as a free agent the following year, and the best they the best they can get is a third round comp- compensatory pick. So if they can't get a deal done by next year, I think that's that's the point where they have to trade him um, to get the value back. And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with me answering a question that I've gotten a lot on social media. Many fans have asked me if the fact that Munkin has not spoken with Lamar so far means that the quarterback really didn't have much influence on the hire. So I'll just say this in my answer. Number one, Josina Anderson reported that Lamar gave input on the offensive philosophy that he wanted, and that was rolled into the hiring process. Also, Jeff Zrebeck reported that Lamar had multiple opportunities to be involved. So based on that information from two reporters that I trust, I conclude that Lamar was involved exactly how much he wanted to be involved and he had the exact amount of influence that he wanted to give. Also, Ravens fan Garnet West put together a fun video of Munkin insinuating that he would put fullback Patrick Ricard in the same situations that Greg Roman did. You can't force someone to do something they're not capable of. Thoughts? <laughs> what? Wait, did I just hear that correctly? You can't force someone to do something they're not capable of. You can't take a, you know, fullback and say, hey, we want you to be a matchup guy and a linebacker. You know, things like that that you just have to work through. Elsewhere, former Ravens scout and NFL.com analyst Daniel Jeremiah has the Ravens drafting Alabama cornerback Brian Branch at number 22. Jeremiah wrote of this pick, quote, Ozzie Newsom is still in the building and Alabama players will always be coveted by the Ravens. Baltimore will value Branch's versatility and playmaking ability, close quote. And finally, former Ravens first round pick Matt Elam is playing in the XFL and nabbed an interception for the Orlando Guardians over the weekend. Picked off right to the hands of Elam. Matt Elam, the former first-round pick by the Baltimore Ravens, picks off Brandon Silvers. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com backslash Ravens Vault Podcast. As you probably know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll give us a chance to keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to our newest patron, James Wiley. Thank you very much. Wiley has signed up for the highlighted mailbag question membership, which we will record next week. We'd also love to hear from all of you, whether you're a patron or not, with questions, comments, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today. But be sure to check out that instant reaction to Todd Munkin's introductory press conference. (laughs) 